The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The number of babies being born here every year has plunged, and not just here, the EU will have 27.3 million fewer people by 2100. Uh, are we sleepwalking into a disaster for society? Well, according to David Quinn of the Iona Institute, uh, yes, we are, and he joins us now, as does Sinead O'Moore, host of the podcast Stretch Marks. Good morning and welcome. Good morning. Now, uh, David, your case. Okay, so the um, CSO came out with his population figures the other day, and uh, one thing that struck me, so all the attention went to the crime figures and to the immigration figures, but something else struck me about it, which is that uh, compared with 10 years ago, the number, so, t- so 10 years ago, the excess of births over deaths was 40,000, and that's now only 20,000. So in the space of 10 years, the rate of natural increase in the population has halved. That's a hugely fast and significant social trend to happen in society and has barely been noticed. And obviously, if present trends continue, well, then we're going to be down to a surplus of births of only 10,000 and then eventually nothing and then there'll be more births than So the dependency ratio will soar very quickly. The people that we need to be working um, to fund the pensions and the medical Mm -hmm. care of older people, uh, that number will get smaller as the number of older people gets larger. Yeah, and the CSO was pointing out as well that even over the last six years, the number of people over 65 is up by 150,000. That's in the space of only six years. And the number of children aged 0 to 14 hasn't budged. And the number of children aged 0 to 4 has gone down. So this trend is only going to be exacerbated over time. And it's a thing that we're just not talking about. Like we are talking about having an older population, but we're not talking about the other end of that, which is that we're having far fewer babies. And I suppose the question is, does that matter? Well, obviously it does because the, because the social impact will be absolutely enormous. And then the second question be, uh, becomes, well, since it does matter, do we want to do anything about it? And can we do anything about it? And what should that be? OK, now, one way is to have an immigrant population and we have an immigrant population. Traditionally, immigrant populations sometimes had larger families. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is that the solution to the problem as Angela Merkel might have thought it was for Germany? Well, I mean, I think it's a partial solution. I mean, um, but to see what you're doing there, sort of ironically, is you're bringing in the children that other people have um, from countries where they're still having children. Or actually what you're doing is uh, lots of people come in from, say, Poland. Poland um, already has a well below replacement level birth rate. Bulgaria, Romania, all these places um, simply don't have enough babies. And then a lot of their young adults are coming over to countries like Ireland. So that puts them in trouble. Um, But long term, what happens is the immigrant population ages and their birth rate also goes below replacement. And all the East Europeans who are here, their birth rate has has gone below replacement anyway. Um, So it simply simply delays the inevitable confrontation with the question, um, why aren't we having more babies? Because you do ultimately need to do that. Now, we'll ask you for your solution Mm -hmm. to persuade people to have more babies in a moment. But uh, Sinead O'Moore, who's host of the podcast Stretch Marks, what do you say to, first of all, the statistical argument of the David. statistical argument is fact. I mean, the CSO has come out to show that we are creeping into a future where we have this ageing population and there simply isn't enough births. However, the very reality of the situation is that modern parenting is stretching us beyond our limits. And it is simply too difficult to have big families today. We live in a childcare crisis, if you, I'm sure, have been covering mm-hmm. that this yeah. week. We have a housing crisis, we have a cost of living crisis, we are simply in crisis. And as parents of young children 
who possibly have also lived through, you know, they were in their 20s during the crash of 2009 and emigrated, maybe have not come back, maybe have made different career paths because of that. We are constantly, we are the generation that have constantly been impacted by the last few years and it is having an impact on our decision to have more babies. Um, You're talking about the the practical things uh, in terms of lack of housing and so on, the cost of childcare. Um, At the same time, there's an argument that says, have your babies younger and you'll be in the long run happier, although you may have missed promotional opportunities. Do you know what I mean? It's a a difficult one. My sister, for example, had her three babies by the age of 26. Done and dusted, family done and dusted. I think that if you're fortunate enough to meet somebody who you want to have a family with, I think there is a danger in encouraging people to have families too young. They might set themselves up for a life that actually isn't there to serve them. I think brilliant if we can encourage people to go and live their lives, to explore who they are, to pursue their career interests, perhaps even to choose not to have families, to have that autonomy and to have that choice and to do it at the right time where they are the happiest versions of themselves to raise wonderful children and a happy family. I think that has to be encouraged. But we do need to look at the societal ways that we support people financially, but also through fertility aids, if they are going to have to continue to have them later. Uh, Some of the comments coming in. I'm listening to this piece about encouraging Irish women to have more babies and to have them younger. And I have to wonder how arrogant and ignorant a stance that is. If you want to feel like a second class citizen, then you should be a young Irish woman pregnant and giving birth in an Irish hospital. Then after you have the baby, what are you supposed to do? How is a young Irish woman supposed to be able to secure affordable and good housing for the child or childcare if she is going back to work to afford the housing, the electricity bills and so on? I was 32 with a PhD in physics and a full-time job having my first child. I was still treated like crap in the hospital, but at least I had bought my own house and could afford the childcare without huge stress levels. But while I was doing my PhD, I would have been sick with stress if I'd had a child any earlier. And the thing is, we talk about crisis pregnancies as though it's a teen issue. Actually, crisis pregnancies can exist long into your 30s because if you're about to sign for a mortgage and they're saying you can't have a dependent, for instance, or if you're really trying to pursue that career path, but you cannot find that childcare and it forces one of you out of work, they are real issues, genuine issues that families are facing today. And it is presenting a very big concern and a reason why they're not having children. So, David, your solution well, you, um, so the birth dearth is taking place in so many parts of the world, including East Asia. Big problem in Japan, Korea. That's the, Korea has the lowest birth rate in the world. So they're trying all kinds of different things. Um, uh, if you look to Sweden, uh, Finland, Norway, Denmark, so they're often held up as a model because they have affordable daycare. If you look at their birth rates, they're also well below replacement level. Uh, so there's nowhere else kind of cracked this. Um, so a place like France, France is extremely generous in the benefits it gives uh, families that have children. I think when you get to a third child, you're paying almost no tax. So their fertility rate is the highest in Europe. It's still below replacement level. Um, place like Hungary that people don't like to mention uh, because of Viktor Orban, uh, they've managed to raise the fertility rate somewhat by pumping huge amounts of money into uh, subsidising families who have children. And again, once you get to your third child, you're basically paying no tax anymore. Um, this is all expensive stuff. But I think what we have to look at is, have we structured society in such a way, and Sinead has alluded to this, in which we've actually made it incredibly difficult to have children. Um, we've become so economically focused um, uh, transforming everybody into taxpayers. 
encouraging people to, to delay getting married and starting their family until they're well in, into their 30s, in which case they only have so, many t- so much time in which to have the children they might want. There was an Amorak poll last year showing that the average Irish person wants two to three children, and obviously they're achieving less than that. So I think we need to have a kind of um, top-to-bottom debate about um, do we even have the sort of society we want, or is it too orientated towards economic growth, for example? Yeah, I mean, time was uh, when, uh, say, a a teacher uh, could have a, a, um, a stay-at-home wife, for mm-hmm. example, and there were many male teachers in those days. Uh, they could buy a house and raise a family on one salary. That is no longer possible. So I don't know how you reorganise society to enable one or other partner to be able to stay at home. It would reduce childcare costs, of course, probably make for a happier family. Um, but, but you can't redesign not, society that comprehensively. Perhaps a less fulfilled couple, because we do know that our career and our passions and our interests beyond the home are very important to this generation and should be also encouraged. So it's about choice. And we should also not forget that having children is more than just can you afford it and are you fertile enough? It is actually very tiring as well. I'll read you some more of the comments. Um, Every introduction to the segment on not enough babies being born references women only. While women are giving birth in the majority of cases, it's families, couples that are having babies. Your phrasing is putting all the responsibility for having babies on women. Thank you. Who who else has babies? Come on. (laughs) Yes, but globally also, male male fertility rate is in decline. So this isn't just a female, female fertility window. Male fertility no, is in actually decline. delivering the baby. Yeah, delivering the baby, the woman, but yeah. the opportunity to even conceive is also. But you see, like I mean, in decline for, amongst male fertility. So yeah. replacement level is uh, two point one children per couple. Um, I mean, I think the average person probably does want two to three children, and we're and we're achieving less than that. Um, our fertility rate is about one point seven and dropping. Uh, and the more it drops, the more trouble we're going to be in as a society. So all the young people who are now saying that the economy uh, is set up in such a way that it's difficult to start a family. It's only going to get worse and worse and worse because we're in a vicious cycle type of situation because the, the pension cost of the country is going to become enormous. The healthcare cost of the country is going to become enormous. The tax burden is going to be placed on a diminishing number of, of uh, young people who are going to find life ever more unaffordable, but it's going to drive further down the fertility rate. Um, we have far too many people on the planet. We can just open our doors to immigrants and refugees. There are loads of people on this planet already who need a home. That's why this is a ridiculous topic. Isn't that the, the, the push and pull of this debate, uh, Sinead? You know, we've already too many people on the planet. And yet in this little part of it, we need more kids for sustainability. Like, Square that circle. We can't, we can't ignore that we are constantly being told that the population of the globe is too high to be sustainable. And that, of course, in a, in a world where we're also making decisions, whether we can afford it and where we can live, is is encouraging our decisions. Are we at risk if we go from two to three of disrupting the global population? I don't know if that's the well, prime. I don't know if that's the primary reason why families right now here are making that decision or not. But certainly, we are being impacted by what we're being told globally about the population increase. But I mean, like we got to agree, surely that. Um, uh, you know, if the population, and, and the population is due to age extremely rapidly, the number of over 65s is due to go up to about a quarter of the population over the next 25 years or so. Uh, there's some countries already at that point. 
Um, so again, the tax burden on the diminished number of young people is going to become extremely large. And a country like Germany, I mean, it's, it's, it, like, its natural rate of decrease is about 200,000 a year. So it has 200,000 more people dying than being born each year. Germany has high levels of immigration and it's still finding it extremely difficult to keep the population ratio right. And again, when the immigrants come in, uh, they're, you know, they're young adults by the time they arrive, their fertility rate drops as well, below replacement. So what you actually end up is you still haven't really arrested the problem of the ageing population. Um, I mean, there's places like China, 1.4 billion people, its population is beginning to decline. If it opens its door to immigration in order to address its problems, there will not be enough immigrants in the world in order to address that problem. If Just India to keep goes feeding the, the Chinese thing, economy. Yeah, because I mean, like even Africa couldn't provide enough people. Um, some of the comments coming in on WhatsApp, as a woman in my 30s, I'm more aware of the realities associated with having children. Unwavering sacrifice, financial and let's be honest, emotional stress. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it's no longer a desirable lifestyle. In the past, having a family was just something you do. You know? Absolutely. I think we need to get away from this wonderful utopian view of we want to be mothers and we want to be at home with a flock of kids on the prairie. That's not the You're reality. You're about two children. No, but two it, children is replacement level. I have two children. Yeah, well, they are, are wonderful and I adore mm. them and they are hard work. Of course, I have two children and that's, yes, it's, I mean, it's very hard work being a parent. But we also no need to appreciate that the emotional situation right now for parents is because now that we're living in such, such isolated lives, we don't have the community in the village and that shared support system that used to fuel a feeling of, well, the neighbours can also support and the child is in that garden. Yeah, and but that's all kind together. of my point. But We've created a society that's made it extremely difficult I'm in, to I'm look after families. I'm in complete agreement with your mm. point. But we do need to say that it isn't a case of just we need to make more. We, we also need to look at why it is so emotionally, financially, physically difficult Agreed. to make more. Yeah. Agreed. Here's the other dilemma. The moral dilemma, says this texture, of bringing children into a dying planet. I am not having children because I don't want them to suffer the consequences mm. of the climate catastrophe. It's not a dying planet, though. You see, that's exaggerated. I mean, you know, if you look at the climate change section of the Met Aaron website, they're not preaching catastrophe. They are saying the climate change is going to be very challenging. We'd be subject to more flooding. We need to build flood defences, improve drainage. But they're not preaching the end of the world. So there's too much, you know, catastrophism around the issue of climate change. Challenging the, the, the yes, other issue the world, no. for uh, the people who decide they're not having children, they're then depending on other people's exactly. children to get them through old age. Exactly. And you so. see, and to see again, like the point can't be emphasized enough. <clears throat> Life is only going to get much more difficult for the entire population unless we have enough children. I guess there won't be enough people to, as I say, look after the healthcare system, look after the pension system. I mean, like we're going to be praying for at that point, AI gets really good at filling the gaps. Final words from you, Sinead. You spoke first about your sister who was 26 and had her <coughs> all her. How many 26-year-olds are still living with their parents? Many, many. many. Yeah. Very true. Many, many. So... It's not necessarily about asking those that have one to maybe stretch to two or two to stretch to three. We need to start fixing what's happening with the 20-year-olds today. All right. On that uh, note, pessimistic though it might be, uh, David Quinn, thank you very much. And Sinead Amour, uh, thank you also. Um the Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.